We're recording, we're rolling live. Awesome, let me know if that screen turns off by the way. Armin, I appreciate your time. Thanks again for Thank making you, uh, Thank you. a moment to kind of you know, speak to me. I know we met, what was it, roughly maybe three weeks ago. That's right. We are at uh, the Rotary Club, San Antonio. Yes. I think Darby introduced me to you. Yes. Yeah, so um, being, in the, being uh, the, executive, the new executive director for the World Affairs Council, um, why don't we give our viewers, because I know I have a lot of viewers on my end that don't know anything about the World Affairs Council. Sure. Let's give them some insight to what you guys do here. Absolutely. Well, thanks for doing this. Um, again, I encourage everyone to check out your other podcasts that you've done. Thank you. Um, generally, you have a genuine passion for this, and yeah. it's evident. So uh, thank, you. thank you for including me on this. Thanks for having me. You have a beautiful building here as well. So Thank you. Thank you. Um, the World Affairs Council, uh, you know, in, it has been around for, uh, for many years nationally in San Antonio since 82. And what the World Affairs Council does is it educates the community about international affairs. What we'd like to say is we uh, bring the world to San Antonio and San Antonio to the world. And so we do that with, uh, with events, with discussions, with panels. Um, and a great example, you know, we could go through various examples throughout the year where we have, uh, you know, next week we'll have an event with Congressman Hurd. We'll talk about his experience on the international level, his experience in the CIA, his work in, uh, um, in the district and, and in D.C. Um, we have a, uh, a panel that's, that's coming with, uh, it's, a, it's a Korean panel, a uh, delegation from the Korean uh, Embassy and also the Korean Economic Institute that are coming here. Um, we work very closely with other entities like the, uh, the City of San Antonio, the International um, Relations de uh, uh, Department. And um, our, the bottom line at the end of the day is to let the community know what is happening around the world. Bringing, you can read it in the papers, you can read it on Facebook, you can read it uh, elsewhere, but when you put a face to it, 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 it makes it that much better and it, it, it humanizes what's happening in Africa, what's happening in, in Europe, what's happening in Mexico, and uh, especially during, during these times now, that's more important than ever. Yeah, I think, uh, I think when you bring things to conversation, I think it kind of ma it makes it real, right? Because if you see things during, uh, during a, uh, so let's say, a news media publishing uh, on CNN or you see it somewhere, yeah, you're watching it and you're thinking, okay, well, I'm in Texas, they're in New York, they're doing it. It doesn't really feel real, right? Correct. So I think when you have these conversations in a setting like San Antonio, Texas, I think it, uh, it, paint, it paints a very clear picture for people that would have never interacted in those realms. Exactly. Um, question on that, because I know I, I got the email with uh, Congressman Hurd. Um, do you guys focus on a certain political group? Or are you really open, non-biased kind of in terms of who you're bringing in? So the World Affairs Council is nonpartisan. Okay. And we welcome parties from all sides. From, uh, and we try to diversify as best as we can. Um, so if you look at some of our distinguished speakers in the past, we have an annual gala that's typically in February or March where we highlight a speaker. Uh, we've had Henry Kissinger. We've had Laura Bush. We've had President Clinton. Um, so it's it's we try to diversify because that's the important thing, right? It's if we just if there's only one side, um, you, you want to have as many perspectives as possible. Oh yeah. Um, and again, bringing again bringing it to what is happening 
now and then the last decade or so humanizing and putting a face to um, to the views I think it's very important rather than sitting behind a keyboard and uh, and and you know mouthing off and and uh, um, uh, not knowing not empathizing is the key word oh yeah um, so before we kind of go into what the uh, World Affairs Council has planned for the year I kind of want to know your backstory right sure. how did you end up here at the World Affairs Council is your background in nonprofits and uh, you know, you're in San Antonio. Are you originally from San Antonio? No, I was actually born, uh, born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, uh, my parents uh, are immigrants. They came here from uh, the former Soviet Union, from Armenia. And uh, they had the dream, like a lot of people do nowadays that you hear, uh, of bettering their lives, of leaving behind uh, a better place for their kids. Yeah. Um, some things don't change, and that's one thing, is, is, is people trying to do better for themselves, but also for the next generation. You know, it's, it's wild you say that. You mentioned that because I, uh, when I first spoke, my parents are immigrants. They're uh, from Mexico. And when I first spoke to them, hey, what, what, what made you decide to come to San Antonio? Well, my, mom, my mom's from Eagle Pass, small town in Texas, but my, my dad's in Mexico. And I was, I was asking him, you know, what inspired you guys just to kind of pick up your bags and leave? And... Um, they said, they said, you guys. Yeah. So me and my brother were born, and it's like, hey, you know, we wanted better for you guys. And uh, I guess I, I'll never really understand that until I have kids. Yeah. But I, I, I definitely, uh, I honor them for that. I mean, it's... Well, I think you touch upon something that's very, uh, uh, it, I, and I don't, I don't think it's a political issue. I think it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an issue of why are people relocating in general? You know, why, you know, growing up in California, after college, moving to Houston, I, I lived overseas for a little bit. Why, why do people move? Um, you, could, you could stay where you are. Uh, it's the easy thing to do to stay where you are. Uh, but there's a certain uh, uh, risk that people take, and, and it's brave for people to do that. It's, it's brave to say, you know what, the status quo stinks, yeah. and I want to change that. And then to, it's not only trying to get a better opportunity as far as making more money, it's some of them, some people, their lives are at stake, right? Yeah. And uh, so I think it's, I think, and, and it's, this, isn't, this isn't really a World Affairs Council-ish, this is more of, you know, what can we do to uh, understand that and, and not go back and forth like a tennis match? Yeah. Um, is understand you know why are people doing that? It's to is is to better their lives. Yeah. I found that when I lived overseas, one of the coolest experiences living in Poland. I, I went there to start up Big Brothers Big Sisters. How long were you there? Two years. Nice. Two years and uh, and you know it was the culture is different. It's a it's a ninety percent uh, Catholic country. Um, and uh, it's, it's a very different environment than, you know, Texas or yeah. the U.S. Are you religious yourself, can I ask? I, I'm, I don't think I'm religious. I think, I'm, I think, um, I think there are powers yeah. that are there that, 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 uh, um, uh, that kind of guide us in certain ways. Um, 
I don't know if I'm spiritual. I think there's a faith. I think there's a yeah. faith in something, maybe in a in uh, to do the right thing. Yeah. To uh, to respect people, to love people. Um, but what I found by moving there was that with all the differences, that they the the families there and the people there want the same thing, better for themselves. Um, some help from the government, some help from their neighbors, um, surrounding themselves with positive people, and doing what's best for their kids. Yeah, simple stuff. How how is the state of the economy there in Poland? You know, it's it's doing a lot better. Um, there are still uh, remnants of the Soviet rule, uh, the mentality there. You know, it's uh, but it is there's a lot of international commerce, um, a lot of Americans living there, a lot. Um, and of course, with the stuff happening in the uh, uh, in the, in the north in the Baltics with Ukraine, there's a lot of support to defend that area. So there's a lot of uh, the Lockheed Martins and and those companies that are investing um, to to provide defense in case something happens there because you know that it's uncertain what's what the future holds. Um, but there are a lot of international businesses. You have the Citibanks there. You have the Deloitte's. PWCs. Um, so when I went there, there there aren't that many nonprofits. Um, they they were uh, you know they were reluctant at first as okay, what is this American organization doing here? And they're they're sensitive to any kind of foreign um, intervention, as as you could say, and I use that term lightly. But when they found out that, look, we're there to support kids, we're, we're there to help the community out, then, then it, was, uh, it, it was a shoe-in for them. So yeah. it worked out well. But it took some time. Wait, what year was this whenever you were in Poland? 2014, 2016. So prior to then, kind of give us, give us a scoop. What were you doing prior to 2014? So, uh, yeah, prior. so uh, born and raised in Los Angeles. My, my father and my mother were chasing the dream of... of, of uh, the American dream and and so they struggled a lot and uh, my brother you know he was he's four years older than me and and uh, we moved around quite a bit lived in New York and Brooklyn and Oklahoma and Missouri and El Paso and all over the place yeah uh, when it when it came time for college I went back to Los Angeles to UCLA um, and uh, was there for five years. When I graduated, I was trying to figure things out. I was trying to figure out why. What did you graduate with? I majored in political science, uh, and I minored in uh, developmental psychology. Nice. Um, and uh, after that, I was, you know, every time you think you have it all together, that's when you don't have it together that's at true. all. And so when I left, I was like, okay, I've got a college degree, let's get, let's get going. You're itching to get out. You yeah. know? As a young person, you're always itching to become an adult. And then when you become an adult, you're like, man, I wish I was a little bit younger right. to change things around. You, you, you think back and I'm like, man, I wish I was still in college. I think yeah. of my days all the time. I mean, I, yes. I live where, I, where I, I went to school in Carnard Ward and I live right by there. So I'm passing by and those memories come out, man. And I'm like, Man, I wish I, I wish I could just you know just go to school and then call right, it a day. Right. Did you live on campus or no? I, I didn't live on campus, but I lived close by. So what I would do is I would actually I never bought a parking pass because the parking pass was like seven hundred dollars for the year, and I said I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's 
ridiculous. So I, I bought a bike, I had my, uh, my, bike, my bike rack, and I would park three blocks down next to Central Market and I'd ride down. Oh, it'd be wow. good, it'd be good exercise for me to go there and kind of do whatever I needed to do. I left for lunch either way, so nice. it was good. Did you, uh, uh, I'm just curious, yeah. uh, did you, uh, what did you major in? Economics and finance. Okay. So how I ended up in media, who the hell knows. <laughs> um, but uh, it was kind of, it was a passion of mine that I was following, but I, I majored in economics and finance. And then uh, I started in bonds. So I was in New York City right after college, uh, two years after college. I was in accounting before then. Left to New York City, worked in bonds for about a year year and a half and then I came back to town and uh, I've been back since. San Antonio is a good place, man. It's, it's yeah. pretty awesome. So you guys landed here then? Well, no, it landed in Houston. Houston, okay. And then uh, trying to figure things out, I was thinking about maybe a career in law. I was thinking about getting my master's and um, as soon as I went to Houston, my family left and I decided to stay and started my career with Big Brothers Big Sisters nice. back in 2001. Did that for two years. Um, and right when I started, 9-11 hit later on that year. Oh wow, that was the same year. That what were you same... doing with Big Brothers at that time? I was hired in, uh, uh, hired on as a, um, so this is, this is the cool thing about people. Yeah. People who believe in, in, your, in, in you. Yeah. And it makes the, all the difference, right? And that's what a lot of our kids need and, and uh, uh, just someone to believe in them. And um, I went and I interviewed with uh, the CEO there at the time. Uh, Debbie Ortiz and she she asked I was interviewing for a case manager position yeah not knowing anything not having a job at all I was like yeah this is a good this is a good gig but you know what I'd really like is to do some marketing and and in retrospect I'm like who am I to <laughs> but she you know you know what she believed or she gave me the chance yeah and she said you know what why don't we divide up your job description why don't you do a little bit of case management and a little bit of of the marketing and the external relations and in hindsight that proved to be such a huge um, uh, thing because it helped me when I moved to Kerrville outside of San Antonio to run that program it helped me when I moved to Poland so it's so important for adults uh, whether you have kids or not to to really uh, reach out, not not really wait around whether you sign up to be a mentor, whether you uh, volunteer in the community, really proactively reaching out to, uh, to, to these kids who are hungry for attention, positive attention. Yeah. And for someone to believe in them, and that's what she did. And, and uh, my supervisors there, Cecilia um, Hedges and, and Debbie, they really believed in that. And, and so, so I was a recruitment manager and a case manager. Nice. Um, and so when 9-11 hit, the nonprofit community was affected by it months later. How was that? What, what was, what was so, the lag in that? So when 9-11 hit, a lot of people were donating to the Red Cross, to the Salvation Army, you know, things that people immediately needed. And so things like mentoring was low on the, on the totem pole. Um, and so it was hard. We lost a lot of funding the economy started getting pretty bad too we had three uh and if and if the viewers are if you remember uh we had three big supporters there enron arthur anderson and worldcom that's right, that's right. and so arthur uh, anderson was the firm that was uh doing the accounting for these guys exactly right? Right. exactly right. 
So uh, the, the stars were not all lined up. And so a lot of nonprofits took a hit. We went from 14 satellite offices to one. We closed down offices in Victoria, Fort Bend, um, Clear Lake, and we went down to one office and we went from six, about 60 employees to about 12. Wow. And so I was affected by that second layoff. And, uh, and then I was like, what do I do? Um, and you know, this is where uh, the universe comes into play. Yeah. And how random things, uh, appearingly random things appearingly happen. Appearingly random, I believe that, because I don't think anything's random anymore. Right. Right, and you meet you meet people um, like meeting you at Rotary, and and now we're here, meeting people. Uh, you know, I I was struggling. I was I was getting unemployment, trying to find a job, and um, and I was, I you know, when you're when you're not employed, and you don't know how you're gonna pay your rent, um, you don't know how your meal's gonna, uh, your next meal's gonna have uh, come from. Um, it's a tough time morally yeah. and it's a cyclical thing because you apply for a job you don't get it you're discouraged right um, and if you don't have people supporting you I, I don't know I don't know what I would have if my family and my friends weren't there yeah so uh, I was helping I saw this guy I was living in an apartment complex and there's this guy who was moving a piece of furniture and I had my head down and I was I wasn't feeling You're well. You were feeling down that day. Feeling very down. And I looked up to him and he was struggling and I just said, hey man, do you need a hand? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving this uh, massage chair to my girlfriend's apartment because she does massaging. Let me help you. So we went up three flights of stairs, helped him. And he, at the end, he, he thanked me and then he said, here's my card. If you ever need to hire a security person, let me know. And I laughed and I looked at his card and, and I'll never forget, I yeah. still have it. His name was Hurricane. Oh, wow. That was his real name? No, no. His nickname. His nickname, yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Actually, I never found it. It was on his card. Yeah, it was on his card, so it must be his real name. <laughs> so he reached out, he, he gave me, and I said, and I laughed and I said, dude, I'm an, I'm an employed. I don't need security, I need a job. He's like, oh. I told him this. Yeah. And, and so we laughed and he goes, you know what? I run a lot of the securities for the clubs in downtown Houston. Why don't you show up Friday and you could be a bouncer yeah. a night? So that Friday, um, I went to, uh, to a club and uh, the general manager there, Gary, who I, I'm, I'm still friends with, um, I started working there. Nice. And, uh, and I, I, I was, you know, it was some pretty good money. It was a higher end. Yeah. I think it was called the M Bar at that time. I don't. I, I don't know if it's. What was the crazy? What was the craziest experience you had bouncing at that club in? You know, it wasn't. It, it was. It was a. It was a higher end uh, club, and so uh, all I had was a, a large flashlight, like one of those police yeah. flashlights, wearing all black. And so um, when they saw me with the flashlight, uh, you know, people just moved out of the way, which was nice. There were, you know, a few scuffles here and there. I think yeah. the most memorable thing was not a negative experience. Was when this this woman came up to me and she said, um, "I really need to use the restroom." And she was in the front of the club, and um, and I said, "Okay." And I looked ahead, 
and there were so many people there and I said why don't I escort you there and I took her to the back downstairs to the restroom and she's like I really appreciate it and she gave me a $20 tip oh nice and I was like wow that's this is really cool right 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 <laughs> um, and so I did that for a while uh, on Friday nights and some Saturday nights uh, some extra cash not extra some cash yeah um, and then I was doing some substitute teaching with uh, Houston Independent School District. Nice. Um, and then one of the board members uh, from Big Brothers Big Sisters was also an anchor at Channel Two News, Channel Four News, KPRC. And his name was Camberell Marshall. He's still there. He does meteorology, I think. And when he realized, when he found out that I had been laid off, he said, "Let me know if you need anything." You know, like a general. Yeah. And I said yeah I need a job yeah yeah <laughs> so he said well why don't you come come to KPRC um, I don't know if you could get a job but but you could intern there so I was an intern there for for about four months nice until I found the job in, in San Antonio and Kerrville um, and that was an amazing experience um, as well and uh, and you know what it's I think I was talking to someone yesterday it was actually Dr. Uh, Dr. Rudd Incarnate Word who is this She's a she's a professor there. Doctor, what is it? Rudd. Rudd. Okay. Yes. She must be. Is she new? No, no. She's no. been there for a long time. Okay. She yeah. in the school of business? Do you know? She is in the. I want to say engineering. She just okay. retired. Actually. Maybe that's why. But she um, she told me you know what Houston is known for the oil business oil businesses Dallas is known for their uh, corporations there um, San Antonio's relationships. And um, and I, I think that's on a bigger scale. That's like everywhere, you know. Oh yeah. And it, had it not been for a few people and that you run into and uh, talk to, um, that wouldn't have happened. And so the way I got the San Antonio job was, um, I sent out. I, it got frustrating because I couldn't find a job. It my an unemployment was about to run out. I'm like, what do I know how to do? And um, I said, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yeah. Their office is all over the country. Why don't I just apply? So I reached out to all the offices that I would be, all the offices in Texas, all the ones in California, just blind emails and, and calls to say, do you guys have any openings? Um, I also threw in Hawaii because- Really? Yeah, I was like, I, I think I'd be willing to live yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah, I, I would go to Hawaii any day. Yeah. Well, that was my first rejection. I actually got it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, all right. I'm like, yeah. Hawaii's I guess not I'll settle for something else. <laughs> right, right. At least you shot at the top, right? I had to go there. So I did, I, I applied because I lived in Connecticut. So I did Connecticut, uh, New York, Texas, and California and Hawaii. And I got a call from San Antonio. And uh, next thing you know, I was meeting with Denise Barkers, who's watching right now. Nice. And um, she had the same... Uh, questions of well we have an opportunity in San Antonio you could be a case manager a, a match support specialist at that time um, or you can move to Kerrville it's one of our satellite offices uh, we don't have a program director there and you're basically starting from scratch and my first question was where where in the world is Kerrville yeah and uh, and it was a great decision because the experiences that I learned in Houston helped me develop and and do what I did in Kerrville 
which was starting from scratch, doing juggling a bunch of different things. Yep. Stayed in Kerrville, was, was going to stay there for two years. Um, ended up staying six. Wow. The, the people grew on me. And Kerrville is a very conservative community. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't really match up at first. And it comes back to what we started talking about earlier. Yeah. It was the face-to-face uh, conversations with people who did not have the same views as I did that really helped me uh, appreciate them and the community. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, I still have lifelong friends there who don't necessarily agree with me on, on, on political views, uh, but that's okay. Yeah. How far, how, so for those, I know I have viewers that aren't from Texas and they're like, what's Kerrville? Kerrville from San Antonio, Texas. Kerrville is about an hour northwest okay. on I-10. It's right off of I-10. Um, there are a few people who, uh, Kinky Friedman. That's he's, right. He's he's. Uh, is he from there? He's originally from there. I don't think he's originally from there. He has a he has a ranch in Utopia, okay. which is outside of Kerrville, um, and you could see him walking around Kerrville sometimes really? downtown, uh, driving his Cadillac around. Um, <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church, the actor, he's, you could see him. He was, when I would go to the gym there, um, I would see him working out there. And uh, uh, so a few, few celebrities, but most of, you know, the retired community, a lot of people from Houston who retire there, but really genuinely good people um, um, who, who enjoy the things like we used to when we were growing up of leaving doors open and oh, yeah. uh, walking down the street and you run into 10 people that you know. But what, what enticed you to go to Kerrville opposed to the San Antonio position? It was, um, it seemed like more of a challenge. Yeah. It seemed like the harder thing to do. Yeah. Um, and do you I feel like there was a need there as well? I think so, yeah, I think you, you know, I don't consider myself a, a risk taker, yeah. but in retrospect, I, I, um, I feel like I go for the easier things, generally speaking, but when it's come time to do, uh, to, to change jobs or to, to alter uh, my, my career in some way, it seems like I, I'd go for it. And, and that was one of the things was, uh, I didn't know anything about Kerrville, um, I knew the program was flailing. Um, I just thought there was opportunity, and and maybe maybe the easier the easy thing was that there's no going down. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's only going up. Right. And so uh, it was a great experience. I mean, uh, um, like I was telling you, the the community really reached out to to not only welcome me but also um, embrace the Big Brothers Big Sisters mission. Um, and then I got I immersed I immersed myself. Uh, for the first two years, I was like, man, I can't wait to go to San Antonio. I would come here to party and to see my friends. Yep. And then I got involved. I was on the Parks and Rec board there. How, um, did, you, how did you run into that position there? Uh, I was out and about, and uh, someone said, do you want to serve on the, on the board and, of the Parks and Rec? And I said, yeah, that sounds, sure. sounds good. I don't know anything about it. Um, I got involved with the chamber. Um, and... And then uh, one of the last things I did with the chamber, which was a lot of fun, and it was very flattering. Is it San Antonio or the Hispanic chamber? Kerrville. Kerrville. Okay. Kerrville okay. chamber. They did an annual Dancing with the Stars. Oh, wow. And they, they selected me to participate, which was, <laughs> which was uh, 
phenomenal experience. Can we find that on YouTube or? Uh, I have a I have a CD. Uh, what do you call it? A DVD. Yeah. Um, I should probably put it on there. Yeah, you should. You should put it on Facebook so we could tag it. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you well, gonna see there. Well, it, it was it was you know I had a I had an instructor who was uh, uh, her name was Lorraine, and uh, she was really passion energetic, and we did a disco routine. Nice. And uh, it was your original disco dancer. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? No, no. Yeah. So here's here's what I I know I'm not a I'm not a dancer. So what I focus on is the strength which was theatrics yeah so when i got out there i was like i know i'm not going to do better than everyone else maybe i am i don't know maybe that's just me yeah but i went in there and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do a performance rather than dance and so yeah. it went off very well i didn't win but i made it on the front page of the curl daily times and that's um, good but what i did was i i came out bef you know while the song was starting Gave out roses to the women. Gave gave massages to the judges. Nice. Uh, just little. You things. warmed them up. Warmed them up, and um, so it was a lot of fun. And and so that was toward the end of my six years. Um, and then and then Denise, who's my who was my CEO, she got promoted to the CEO position. And then she said, "Do you want to come to San Antonio? It's nice. been you know. It seems like you've done." everything you can and you've built it up you've hired staff um, and so she created a position called a VP of external relations external communications um, what did you do in that position what was that position um, like it was it focused on uh, media social media uh, partnership development um, recruiting nice um, and uh, and it was fun it was it was very different it was a larger much larger market than Kerrville um, and so it allowed me to really, you, you know, finesse that position and mold it into uh, what the prior position was a marketing position. And so this was a little bit different because um, I, I don't really, although there are components of marketing yeah. in communications, I, I, I'm, I don't think I consider myself a marketing person. But um, so I did that for about four years and then coming back to relationships yeah um, I'd run into our national CEO at a conference in DC and um, he had just come on board and I and I said congratulations if you ever need anything let me know I really like international stuff I really like government advocacy and I just thought he he didn't really pay attention to it or yeah but he kept that in a file and uh, two years after that conference, he called me up and he's like, you, you remember you said you were interested in international affairs? Well, a friend of mine from Dallas who lives in Poland, who was a former little in the program, wants to start Big Brothers Big Sisters in Poland. So then I met with, uh, I met with that guy. He, he came to Austin and I met with him in Austin. He flew me out to Poland to check it out, to see if I'd like it. Um, and then I ended up taking the position, and I moved there in July of uh, July of 2014. Um, started the program from scratch, hired people, got the program going, and then and then on the way back to kind of put the bookend on this side. Yep. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew 
I wasn't going to stay there. I wanted. I was missing the U.S. You know yeah. what I was missing, and it, this is kind of weird, but um, you know, you go around. You know, you have the American flag. Yeah. The flag is everywhere here, right? Yeah. Events, and and I never paid attention to it when I was here, but when I was there, I was missing it. Really? It was, it was weird, and I'm not. I'm not. I don't consider myself nationalistic. Yeah. Or a you know loving the flag, but I genuinely missed the flag and I it didn't hit me until I came for a visit and I was at the airport and the TSA agent had the flag on his sleeve and I'm like wow that's it that's intense man I'm trying to think like what what would I mean there was something that you were kind of feeling deep inside to long for that right I mean what was life like in Poland I've never been I've never been to Europe but uh, in terms of day-to-day life I mean what you, you is it the same as the US where you wake up you have breakfast you go to work nine to five and then you leave and then you're doing your routine, you know? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, the, once I made friends, the Polish culture is very reserved. Yeah. So it took a long time to make friends. They don't like small talk. They, they don't, they come off actually kind of cold in the beginning. Um, and that probably stems from all the stuff that they've been through with, with World War Two and, yep. and the history behind it of being conquered by, different different entities different uh, uh, countries yeah so my friends wanted they want they always wanted to do something so we would you know especially when the weather gets nicer yeah you know you're going to outdoor theaters you're you're going to I would go to a lot of coffee shops a lot of coffee shops Um, they still and they have outdoor theaters there. that's awesome oh yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah, they have they have outdoor theaters uh, like plays and stuff and uh, uh, very, uh, very artistic, very, uh, and also the young people are, they're, they're, I think they're inspired to make money, which, yeah. which I think, which I don't know how the long term of that is because then you're gonna, you know, then you're gonna wanna buy things, then you're, you know. Yeah. But the, 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 they're really hungry to, uh, First of all, they love the states. They love everything American. Uh, maybe not government-wise, but yeah. people-wise, and what they see, and the dream of succeeding. They Are there a lot them. of Americans that live in Poland? There's quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there, there is a lot of opportunity. A lot of startup companies. A lot of investors, actually. A few I've met in San Antonio who do business in in really? Poland. What yeah. attracts an investor to Poland? Do you know? Do you ever talk to them about that? Well, the, the cost of living is very low, okay. um, and you, you have you have a base of students who are graduating from the colleges who don't have a whole lot there. You don't have a lot of Polish companies. Yeah, um, and so there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, for growth and a lot of startups, a lot of startups who um, I think they're hung, they're talented for one. So you have a lot of brilliant, especially in the IT world. Yeah, you got a bunch of IT people there, um, and that's why you have a lot of defense work going from here. You have a lot of IT people there. I mean, we we had we were trying to when we started Big Brothers Big Sisters, we were looking to have someone. Um, do our website and in our database yeah and something that would have cost here probably 20,000 at least yeah they were able to do it there for under 5,000 and wow so much better quality wise really 
Yes. Are they uh, the younger people out there, or is it is it the younger people? Or? It's it's the older people are are um, they're still there. They're um, they still have that Soviet mentality a yeah. little bit, and I'm very generalizing because you know not everyone's like that. But the younger people are hungry to, like I was saying, they're hungry to succeed. They're hungry to make a living and do better for themselves, settle down. And the coolest thing that they do um, is that they like to save money to travel. They yeah. love traveling. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I did that for a couple of years. Um, there was a part of me that was like, okay, I think I may want to stay. I don't know, there's a, there, but I was also missing the States. Yeah. Um, is that what ultimately kind of drew you back in? It was, my, my contract was up because uh, uh, that, that's what, you know, th that's what the agreement was. And so I don't I didn't see that that was going to be extended. And I don't think I wanted to really do Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I was looking at other things, but I was also missing the food. I don't know. They're yeah. just small things. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you like a good burger. In. Yeah, I couldn't find a good burger there. <laughs> so what, what's uh, what's the like street food there? They obviously don't have tacos, right? No tacos they, in Poland. They they have they have tacos. Yeah. What is that like? Uh, <laughs> they also have guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't taste the same. It's it's very different. Yeah. It's it's uh, there there's actually one of my friends started the first Mexican restaurant there. Really? Uh, yes. And it's still going on. It's the oldest Mexican restaurant in in Warsaw. But it's a big hit over there. It's a huge hit. Yeah. And it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Their margaritas are are pretty good. It's. It was the next best thing to something that you would have here and find off of Culebra or something. Right. But um, their, their, their foods are, you know, they're very high in protein. They're, it's very Germanic, like uh, potatoes, cabbage-based, potato-based, um, pork, of course. You have sausages, pierogies. Yeah. If you haven't had pierogies, I've they never. make so many. What's that? I've never had one. It's, it's like... A, um, there's what's the best way to describe it? You know the the stuffed things that you get at, at the Chinese restaurants. Oh, uh, cra what is it, crab ragoon? So it called? Crab something like that, but they stuff them with um, uh, different things. They even have desserts, stuffed desserts. Nice. Um, so pierogies are a huge thing. Um, I think you could get them at Alibaba's here and frozen and yeah, and warm. I love that store, by the way. It oh, it's lot. great, right? Yeah. Yeah. You like to cook or? Uh, I do. I, co I cook quite often, but I keep it very simple. I don't make anything that's like uh, too intense to make. So I stick with like the ground beefs, the, uh, the Brussels sprouts, the rices. So I've mixed, I'll do, I'll do dishes with that just to keep simplicity. Um, so eventually you came back to San Antonio. Yeah, I was looking at, uh, my family lives in Northern California. Okay. So I was like, let me look at San Francisco. I've always loved DC. I'm like, let me look at DC. So I actually flew during Christmas break. I, I flew to DC to meet some friends, um, some of the congressional leaders, their their staff, and I was like, man, this is cool. I I I really like the ambiance here. And, yeah. Um, but it was very expensive. Yeah. San Francisco's beautiful. I don't know if you've been there. No, I haven't. It's. Uh, Europeans really like San Francisco because it it reminds them of Europe really a little bit it's re a really clean city well <laughs> in other ways, in other ways yeah. <laughs> they are uh, uh, 
they're closer together. Yeah. Public transportation. Um, it's cooler. The climate is cooler. So there, there are certain elements that I think Europeans write. Mostly, I think, is the architecture and the buildings, how, they're, yeah. how, how they are. But it was very expensive. Same with D.C. And then I came to San Antonio, and it just felt right. Yeah. I didn't have to think about the cost of living. I, didn't ha- I had friends here already. It, and maybe, maybe, you know what, going, as I'm think, talking to you, maybe that was the easier decision. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, maybe that's what it was. It was... It, it was it was comfortable to come back here. Yeah. And so my CEO, again, people who believe in you, um, I said, is there something that I could do? She, she created the COO position. Nice. And that's what I, I did for the last two years, uh, three years, and, and, then, uh, and then a total of 18 years with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think San Antonio is a pretty homey, homey place. I mean, I think of, you know, and, and I haven't traveled you know, entirely too much. I've been to parts of Colorado, um, California, uh, New Mexico. I spent some time in Mexico. Um, but I think of San Antonio and really there's nothing like it. And it's kind of changing, right? Because we're growing really quick. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of companies that are starting to move here or, or uh, building here. So I feel like the city's changing a lot. But it, it, to me, at least, and I'm, I guess maybe it's because I'm from here or because I've spent a lot of time here. But um, I feel like it's a, just a homey place. Yes. I mean, how do you feel about that? I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I yeah. think it's, uh, uh, it's the relationship angle is what, is what yeah. the professor from UIW was saying is, is um, it's funny. Sometimes when people don't respond to emails or calls, it's like, I don't know why they do that because you're going to run into that person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially for not, not only not to be nice, forget about that. Just know that you're going to run into that yeah. person yeah. <laughs> at some point in your life, and uh, and so it's it's the seventh largest city, but it's it's uh, you know we have we have I think we have some really good political leaders. Um, we have we have a um, we have some great businesses. We have a, we have chambers of commerce who are proactively involved in the community. We have community organizations, yeah, uh, nonprofits who are who are doing all the grunt work that people don't really hear about yeah um and and again kudos to you for for exposing that and talking about nonprofits. it's 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 something that i think um nonprofit community knows about but if someone who's not on a board in the from the business world or if they're not directly involved that they're not going to know about it because um it doesn't make a lot of yeah, and, uh, news. And so. I, th- I think I may. I, I mean, I have a lot of network connections that they're just busy individuals. They don't. Yes. They don't watch much TV. They don't get on Facebook much. And uh, you know, these people are subscribed to my newsletter. And if I'm putting a newsletter out there with, hey, that we interviewed this nonprofit and we're kind of learning the background of it and what they have planned for the year, that gives them an opportunity to kind of get involved, right? So I think it's always good. What do you guys have planned for uh, for 2019, 2020? For World so Affairs? For World Affairs. Tell me a little about so, that. So, you know, I, it's an event-driven uh, organization. So there's, there's quite a bit coming. The biggest things are uh, we're hosting Congressman Hurd. That's right. Um, and uh, at Paramore. On yeah, I'll, put, I'll put a link on our oh, newsletter. Good. Thank you. I appreciate that. that. Thank yeah. you. And Congressman Hurd, speaking of our political leaders, yeah. um, regardless what side you're, you're, you favor, 
is he has come out to really uh, provide that that perspective that we need, I think, right now, which is that uh, not a right or a left, but a what's in the what's in the best interest of of the country. Yeah, the country, right? Of what's going on? Um, which is which is rare, and it's nice to see that. So it, so we have an event with him. Um, we have a smaller event that we're organizing with uh, with the ambassador from Namibia. She's okay. coming. She's coming here for some visits, so we're going to do that. Um, we have a delegation. I think I mentioned the Korean delegation that's coming uh, later on this year. The biggest thing um, is World Quest, which. Yeah, but, uh, so this is a really cool thing. This is uh, this is something that I think I'm gonna that you're gonna like that I think a lot of our yeah. viewers will like. So there's a competition in pretty much every state uh, in every city that has a World Affairs Council and it comprises of high school students competing about international knowledge nice um, so a good example is we're gonna reach out to all the schools school districts in San Antonio there's a manual for it kinda like the spelling bee it says okay you're gonna be tested on all of this so they get a manual and they compete locally in uh, March and then the winning team from one of the schools gets a trip to DC to compete nationally nice. and so the that happens in March but we have a fundraiser for that with adults and that's happening on September 18th at UIW actually in the Rosenberg room and that's that's more of a fun event um, you know we'll have drinks we'll have food yeah. but we're also gonna have trivia so it will test the knowledge of the uh, adults about international affairs and uh, we'll have some guest uh, MCs and... and is, that, is that a big fundraising event that the World Affairs Council has here in town? It is. Okay. It is, uh, it is, it is a fundraising event. We're going to have sponsors. Uh, so we're just going to roll that out. Uh, we want to wait till after the July 4th event. Um, so that's going to be coming up pretty soon. Um, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna end the year, and then we're gonna focus after the World Quest. We're gonna focus on our gala in it's at the end of February, or the beginning of March. We're still working on a guest speaker, um, and that's our biggest fundraiser. That brings in uh, somewhere in the six hundred thousand six hundred thousand dollar range. Members that's, and non-members alike can can go absolutely, to this. Absolutely, absolutely, um, and that's. That's the big event that we uh, that that we're we're looking forward to, um, and then there are other things that we that that inevitably come. We're working on um, General Mathis, who's who's uh, 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 touring Texas. We're trying to work with our other uh, friends in in Houston and Dallas to see if we could sneak in a visit here, um, and then just uh, you know working with the San Antonio uh, International Visitors Association. They have a lot of people from different countries that are coming. Basically, any opportunity we get um, to expose anything international to the local community uh, is what we're going to do. Um, I, I, I found out that, that as a, as a uh, World Council ED, uh, I get to sit on the, um, the U.S.-Mexico friendly Council, friendship council. Nice. Um, so I'm going to figure. You know, I could. I don't know much about it, but uh, you know, basically simplifying business and relationships with Mexico and the in the U.S. So, and of course, what a what better place than San Antonio to right. to do that in. Um, 
we have a Chinatown Hall at some point, a variety of things. And uh, we're always looking for ideas. We're always looking for anything that is in the scope of international relations. We're also toying uh, as a teaser. We don't. It's it's not really a teaser. It's more of a um, we haven't really organized and or know what we're going to do, but we really want to bring forth the issue of press. Okay. In what uh, in what sense? Well, to 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 have a to have a smorgasbord of, of press, uh, those who covered local and international news to come and talk about the day and the age of press. Nice. Um, so um, you know we have we have some people on the board who are uh, uh, you know from TPR and and the Express News, where we could uh, where I think what we envision doing is having different sects of the of the media to talk about where we are right now and where we want to go and um, and again we want it to be topical so that you know there's a lot of pressure and a lot of negativity around what the press covers and how they cover it um, and I think if we could tie in if we could bring that forth oh yeah I think it's a, that's an important dialogue to have um, I mean, you, you hear about it all the time, right? How yes. things aren't getting exposed. And in this time and age when the internet is everywhere and everyone has you know, their camera right here, right. Uh, I definitely feel like the, pre the press is, is an ever-changing dynamic. Uh, it's, it's an ever-changing thing in our world right now, especially right now. Absolutely. I, I have a friend of mine, he does radio in the Hill Country, in, in Kerrville. And he, um, he injects a lot of his personal um, opinions yeah. into his radio show, which is fine. I mean, you, that, yeah. you could do that. Uh, but he's very far to the right. <laughs> and, um, and he posts things on Facebook. And as someone who, you know, I, I, with full disclosure, I, I'm more to the left yeah. than I am to the right. Uh, but I don't consider myself yeah. affiliated with any party. Um, and so when he posts something, um, there are 99, almost 100% of the time, there are people who are adding to it, you know, yeah. agreeing with it. So I'm the sole person who so injects you. things in there. And so, and, and, then, and then I get backlashes. I mean, in fact, one person said, go back to your country. You're kidding. And I was like, I was born here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I reached out to him, and he's a he's his his opinions are very like I said, very different than mine. Yeah. And so when I got some hate messages, I reached out to him, and I was like, you know, what's going on, man? Yeah. What's these are? He's like, well, I don't have control over. I said, why don't we do this? And we haven't. I, this was last year, and time has gone. You know, has you talked to him since then? I, oh yeah, yeah. I talked to him, but. I reached out to him and I said, listen, why don't we do a Facebook Live? We don't have to be in the same room. Why don't we do it? Uh, why don't we put that empathy, that, that yeah. face to show people that we're not on the same page, yeah. but we respect each other. Because yeah. when, when I see him in person, he's respectful to me. And yeah. I'm re but his viewers or his, his, his fans yeah. don't know who I am. Yeah, so they all think you're, you guys are enemies and they're yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna support you know, our, exactly. our guy from Kerrville. Exactly. And so um, he's, he was like, let's do it. And, and I haven't really planned it, but I think, I think that type of 
face-to-face uh, uh, -face interaction, coming back to the, what we started with, is, is something that um, I don't think we could rely on the, the, the people in Washington or yeah. in Austin or anywhere else. I think it has to come from people like yourself and like me. Yeah. I think the burden's really on us to put that face out there. Oh, yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do that. I don't know. Maybe maybe we could we could. Yeah, we could do I, th it. I think we maybe bring them on an, epi on an episode. That would future. be cool. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm neither a left or a right kind of guy. I, I if I think of myself, uh, if anything, I'm very free minded, and my right friends are always like, "Oh, well, you're liberal," and I'm like, oh, "Not necessarily," because I got you know I got things to say about the left side as well. Right. So I got things to say about both sides, but I don't I don't consider myself a politician in any way. Anything, uh, um, I don't hate politicians. I just, I don't, uh, I don't deal with them much. So it's a hard job. I it mean, is, you man. look at, you look at, uh, you know, I, I, I know our city council members well, and yeah. the mayor. It's, it's not an easy job. No, it isn't. It isn't because you're, be, you're trying to satisfy so many people, right? Yeah. I mean, and you always have to. I don't know if I could, you know, I don't know if I could ever do that because. Um, you have to shut down yeah. your emotions because in, in, in not to take it personally would be very difficult. But you, you saw in this last election with, with uh, the contest with the mayor. With Brockhouse. With and, Brockhouse uh, and Nuremberg. And, Nuremberg. Uh, and I know both, both of them. And, yeah. and they're been... I haven't met Brockhouse. I've met, I met uh, Nuremberg. I've interacted with him quite a bit uh, at the Roosevelt Library. But I love the guy. Yeah, but tell, yeah. tell me a little about what, what were you saying? Sorry about that. Oh no, no, it's okay. I, I was going to say I think I think that that interaction, that in-person interaction, is so important because uh, you could it, the 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 social media aspect of it really can snowball into something right. that is not. I mean, some of the things are you know they're facts, and you could be irritated or angry about someone who's done something. But um, that race was getting pretty heavy, right? Oh I mean, yeah, there was there was some things that I don't know if I read some things online or I overheard people. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna get in that conversation for now, just for the sake of you know being clear. But it's it's not. Uh, I mean, have you ever thought about running or? You know, I, I have. I have, oh, uh, I mean, not necessarily to the point where I'm like, hey, I'm going to take these steps and I'm going to do it. But I've definitely, uh, I've, I've formed ideals in the past where I'm thinking, hey, I would want to change this, and really, I don't see anyone doing it that way. Um, but I, I don't, I just don't know if I could go go the politician route. <laughs> That's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work, and then, uh, it like you said, you're hiding emotions, you're putting a face out there at all points of time, and. As I have with this podcast, I'm just a raw person. So yeah. I try, I try to just bring in my transparency and everything that I'm doing. And uh, I feel, I feel like the world would hate me if I was a politician. <laughs> I would not well, be. There's a great slogan though. Yeah, what's that? If 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 you do it, very simple. Yeah. Now, exclamation point, Mao. Exclamation point. Yeah. That could work, man. That yeah. could work. I'll, I could see the posters now. If I decide to do it, I'll let you know. And I'll, kind of help, <laughs> I'll let you uh, help me lead the campaign. Yeah. Well, before, before we end the episode, do you have anything to say to the viewers? Um, keep in mind, I, I have a lot of viewers that had no idea what the World Affairs Council is, where they could get information and kind of get involved with you guys. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thanks again for yeah, having me. Thank this you. Is, uh, this is a great platform. Uh, to talk about what happens in the community that otherwise people would not have known about. Thank you for coming on. Um, 
I think the best, like I said in the beginning, the best way to describe the World Affairs Council is educating the community about what's happening internationally. Um, and that is a very broad picture. It's Mexico, it's Canada, it's Africa, it's Europe, it's Asia. Um, and really trying to simplify it and put a, put a face to it. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we always have events, we have fun events, we have informative events, we have academic events. Um, so if any of this sounds interesting, um, you know, check out our website. Yeah. Uh, we have events that are coming up all the time. There's a place for you. We have a young professionals committee that puts on, that's actually hosting the uh, herd event on. Is that like an under 40 order, under 40 group or what is that like? Um, I think it's just young. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they could be whatever age. I think, I, I think it is under 40, uh, but. They're just uh, an active group. They're just an active group yeah. who, um, you know, some of them are up and coming in their companies and their businesses in the for-profit and non-profit world. We have some, you know, we have someone from the lake who's on there. We have someone from TPR who's on there. We have a marketing person. It, it's a, we have someone from a law firm. Um, there is a place, there's a fit for you. If yeah. you're listening to any of this, that sounds interesting. Uh, we also have interns. We have interns who are getting some really cool ex uh, exposure to what we do. We have one intern from UTSA and another from St. Mary's. Um, I do want to point out before I finish, we, yeah. have, um, we have a board of directors that is really hungry to get the word, about, word out about what we do. These are highly influential people in the community. Um, so I want to thank, I want to personally thank them because they've been open their arms to let me know what's important to them. Uh, and last but not least, we have a great staff. Well, you know, I strongly support you guys and I appreciate the time, you know, bringing me in the office and uh, coming on the show with me. I know we took, what, a good hour and a half, two hours of your time and can't be any more grateful than that. So you're the man. I appreciate it, my friend. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thank you.